139 uh, divided by werewolves. It is January 16th, which means, I don't know if this is considered the halfway point. Halfway <coughs> point. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Time time has no meaning these days. Uh, I was actually kind of, oh, congratulations to your your bills. <laughs> I, I don't I don't pay attention to football, although I will say, and I don't know if this is, so I think there's, I, th- I think there's two two things that go into the the next thing I'm about to say. Uh, so my wife and I moved down to to Sarasota a couple years ago, and and right after we moved to Tampa Bay, uh, the, the Tampa area, the Lightning run the Stanley Cup, and yeah. the Bucks won the Super Bowl with Brady. Then I think they won again or whatever. Maybe it was last. I don't remember. Point is, so the news station that we watch, the local news that we watch. Um, in the morning and then just it's on like while we're getting dishes done they are the official bucks station so whatever was ronde barber played for the bucks right not because tiki barber played for the giants right ronde barber played for the bucks so ronde barber is like their bucks you know commentary guy so they are the official team for the bucks and i don't know or station i don't know if it's because they're the official station or that the Bucks are winning, but they these people go a thousand times crazier for the Bucks than I ever saw any single human being go for the Falcons. In the uh, I moved to Atlanta, the Atlanta area, in 2005. I left in 2020. I lived in Atlanta in 15 years. I don't think I ever. I don't even think I ever saw Matt Ryan get as excited for the Falcons <laughs> as these people <laughs> get excited for the Bucks. <laughs> yeah you know it's got to be it's got to be a thing right because football is the well american football is like the, the biggest thing you know in in this country and, and pretty much like worldwide it's like super yeah. popular but i've never lived anywhere that had a home team first of all or like you know i've never been like i'm close enough to atlanta i guess now but yeah um you know atlanta was a almost three hour trip from where i grew up and yeah and so you know we had college football but yeah, like I've never I've never been anywhere where there was like an excitement in the community about a, a pro team. See, and that's the thing. I I you know my formative years were kind of spent in Manassas, Virginia. And that's when when Washington went to the Super Bowl, and that's when they had the Hogs. That's when they had um, you know uh, Joe Theismann, and and you know I mean they beat they beat Miami. And so, I mean, they went insane. And, I mean, mm. it's a testament to how much Daniel Snyder has fucking run that team into the ground by being <laughs> one of the world's biggest assholes and just an absolute shitty owner by how little now people care in that area, care yeah. about that team and how many empty seats there are. I mean, when you consider, like, FedEx Field, like, or no, before FedEx, sorry, not FedEx Field, but RFK, that fucking, like, I, even at a preseason game, like, you, the the place would move. You could mm. feel the, even, I remember going to a preseason game with my dad. The whole stadium, you could feel it moving. That's how excited people were. And it's just, you know... <laughs> But yeah. anyway, so these people go insane. It's like, and they go insane for the lightning too. And I don't know if it's just because they're winning or what it is, yes. but, um, yes. you know, so I, I, the hockey. yeah, so I looked it up and I didn't realize Florida has two professional hockey teams and the other professional yep. hockey team, the, the, the Panthers are in first place in their, yep. their yep. division right above the, yeah, the lightning. Were, uh, I can't remember if it was, 
if it was Florida or Carolina that was the last undefeated team. Yeah. Uh, this this season started. I mean, they're yeah. not now, obviously, but yeah, 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 they're they're really good. And then my my Kraken are doing a, a fantastic job of ensuring <laughs> the bottom is secured. They've got it. Don't worry, Seattle. You're in great hands with their currently uh, an eight game losing streak. Uh, unfortunately, second along second longest losing streak would be your. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers with seven games. Yeah, they're they're tough. And also, you know, I lived through the the Atlanta Thrashers expansion. So that yeah. first, you know, that first season for the Thrashers, um, that regular seasons of 82, 83 games, they won eleven. Yeah, uh, first year, and <laughs> one of which was my first ever hockey game oh. where they beat they beat the Flyers there one to go. nothing. And I was go. like, "Wow, that's great!" Out of the eleven, of the- the <laughs> lucky lucky number ten, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, but just like I didn't realize Florida had two baseball teams. I mean, I knew Tampa has the Devil Rays, but apparently Miami yeah. has a team called the Marlins, which should yeah, show you how. Have- Florida Marlins when they were the expansion team, but oh, okay, yeah. And then uh, the, the the now they're just the Rays because people got upset that they were the Devil Rays initially. But, oh please, okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Linda was asking me, she's like, nobody seems to care about basketball here, and I said, well, the closest basketball team to us would be Orlando uh, with the and Magic, Magic. And um, the Heat, uh, Miami Heat. Yeah, I mean the Heat are three hours away. Um, the Magic is you know an hour and a half, so. Um, and the Magic, they haven't been good since like the 90s, but I the mean, Heat, you know, they, they went on that. Yeah, that, it's like I think once Shaq left uh, yeah. Orlando, it was just like <laughs> yep. whatever. Yep. Um, but it's funny just to see. And I mean, it's, it's I'm not going to say it's infectious. Like, I, I've, I don't, I care about football only so far as my friends and their team. So, like, last mm. night we got done watching what we were watching. And, you know, we were just flipping through the channels and it said like New England at Buffalo. I was like, oh, put it on because the Bills, you know, that's Mitch's team. And at halftime with one second <laughs> left half, it was 27-3. And I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was fun to watch. I, yeah. I don't get to watch them a lot. Um, yeah, because you know they're they're not on here obviously, and I don't yeah. have any like, you know, Sunday ticket or any of that bullshit. Right, so right. I get the Falcons and the the Panthers are yeah. the two teams I get to see the most. But but and they said it was the largest postseason deficit of like New England history. And yeah, I, and so I was glad to see that they actually you know they I don't know how what the final score ended up being, but I was glad to see that the Bills ended up holding on to it. Uh, 40, 47 to ten or seventeen. Oh God. <laughs> It got worse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but it was like, it looked freezing. And I was like, fuck that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Buffalo is like, that place gets coldish. I mean, they got the yes. lake right there. It's fucking, it's obnoxious how cold it gets there. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's like, so the last time uh, when the Bucks were at the Super Bowl, we watched it. I have this, you know, little soda can projector. And, you know, I made nachos and food and whatnot. And so we decided to watch it outside because the weather was nice enough. And, but because we were watching it on YouTube TV, it must have been like a half second behind mm. broadcast TV because we would be watching and they'd, you know, like Brady would take the snap and like five houses down, I would hear people go <laughs> fucking insane. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're going to score. You know, and the next thing you know, he'd right. like throw a, a touchdown pass or whatever. So, mm. but, um, you know, as long as he doesn't chuck the Stanley Cup to another boat, I think they'll be fine. <laughs> 
that was such a thing. I mean, I get it. I mean, I get it, but it's like, if you think the worst thing that's ever happened to the Stanley Cup over the years is that it got thrown from one boat to the other, like, yeah. I bet that cup has seen some things, is in, some, is. in need is. of some serious therapy for all the things that <laughs> it has endured know, over uh, the years. <laughs> I know one thing for sure. Uh, when Dallas won the cup, I don't remember what year it was. I think it was, uh, I guess, mid-90s or so. Uh, I, I know that it went to a hotel party uh, that... Pantera was attending, so oh. it saw ungodly things at that, I'm sure, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So um, we've got a kind of a potpourri show uh, going on. You know, beginning of the year, it's always you're, you're either kind of catching up on maybe stuff that you missed off of your, your list last year. But I know for me, it's it's just a lot of like decompressing and sometimes it's like i don't even know if i have the energy to watch like yeah. pay attention long enough for a movie like i've been watching a lot the new season of queer eye because i don't have to think or the new season of cheer because i don't have to think mm. much like like the most i think complicated thing i watched is um was is finishing up the third season of doom patrol which required way more thought than i i probably <laughs> needed to expect yeah. but um but one it's of the, been a lot of a lot of comfort food for me. It's just shit I've already seen or yeah. old stuff, you know. Yeah. Um but but one thing that did was released um on Shudder, which um, you know, already is a has a pretty good track record with um documentaries, uh, uh horror documentaries like horror noir um on there is great there's um there's a the friday the 13th documentary of course you know in search of darkness which we talked about Mm -hmm. uh when that was on there's a really good um tom savini uh biopic um Mm -hmm. that's on there um the um oh the nightmare on elm street 2 one scream queens Um, oh yeah that that's really good um so the latest one is called woodlands dark and days bewitched a history of folk horror and uh it is directed by kier la janice uh hopefully i'm pronouncing that correct um and this is a um it's about three and a half hours long and i mean man they are not kidding uh when they talk about expansive um Mm -hmm. i mean they they get into um essentially every aspect of folk horror you can think of um kind of starting with you know uh, i think when i know when when i hear the words fork or fork fork horror you know those <laughs> when those forks get you um when i hear folk horror and i i'm probably not the only person the first thing that comes to mind for me is is the the wicker man um, yeah because you know to me that's kind of like the template for folk horror where you know you have kind of an outsider representing like kind of the modern world going to kind of this far off or not far off but just you know maybe more remote kind of country place uh because for whatever reason realizing that the the locals there are engaging in you know either old world or pagan practices and then that that tension between you know the modern world kind of focusing on things like science and 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 you know what you would consider rational you know f- fighting against people who still embrace more supernatural elements and then kind of what comes from that like that to me is what you know I kind of consider folk horror and then there's you know there's plenty of 
of examples of that, both, you know, starting with the Wicker Man and then, you know, kind of kind of going through the years. But they take the uh, the concept of folk horror like lots of different places. Um, yeah. It, not all of which I, I mean, I who the fuck am I? I don't know shit from Shinola when it comes to this thing. But uh, some of the stuff they kind of touched on, I think I I I was like, I don't I don't know if I don't think I would consider that folk horror. And but uh, like them discussing an aspect of folk horror that then is in other movies, like sure. But there's like some stuff that they talked about that I was like. Uh, I don't really see it that way. And one film in particular that, uh, uh, you know, uh, I want to hear your thoughts on the movie, but I also want to bring this particular film up because when they talked about it, I was like, I don't see it that way, like at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I really liked it. Um, I think I, I, I typically don't like rate shit on Letterboxd when I put it on my list, unless it's like something that I kind of want to look, when I look back through as being one of my favorite things of the year. And I, I gave this one, five out of five but mm-hmm. you know the the difference between something and this is the exact kind of documentary that i want to watch when i when i watch a documentary because it is something that i'm familiar with and yet this this presents new information for me um makes me think about things mm-hmm. differently maybe than i had before yeah um and it it actually it brings up more like ideas yeah um when it comes to the subject matter, which in this case is folk horror, and then gives you movies or examples about that idea instead of something like In Search of Darkness, where it's six hours long, but they talk about only movies. It's like, you know, this movie, and they talk about it for 30, 30 40 seconds, have an interview that I, and present me no new information. Yeah. And it's like, for somebody who, who had never seen 80s horror, maybe, I'm sure those are fantastic. And that's but the thing, me, like, for like, me, there was so, in that documentary, there were so many films that I just had not seen. It was, it was mm-hmm. great. What, it, what I did is I, I had a list going while I watched it. So it ended up being like, uh, almost like a pull list for Mm -hmm. for for me to of of stuff to watch right and for me i mean for me it's like there was obviously like i haven't seen every single thing but you know for the most part i've seen so much stuff and 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 being into this shit as long as i have like there's not much information coming out of the interviews and that thing that i didn't already i didn't already know right and so while it's entertaining it's not necessarily it's like watching a highlight reel versus a documentary for yes. me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and this, uh, this goes into so many different aspects of folk horror and so many films that I haven't seen. And God, I wish I could have afforded the box that this Severin put out that this was a part of. Um, but you know, good on shutter for not only putting the doc out, but putting up some of the movies that are discussed in the doc. So you could go right into those, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, one of the things i I've always been impressed about Shudder is it's it's not like it would be very cynical just to say, okay, you know what, like if you want to watch a horror movie on Amazon Prime or you want to watch a horror movie on Netflix, you have to search through all this stuff. So instead, let's just put together a web app and we, we pay some licensing deals and we get some horror movies and we charge people X amount. But, you know, and, and I mean, you could do that and be successful, but the thing that mm-hmm. I keep coming back to with this service is it really does feel like the choices they make are in service of not just not just 
giving fans of horror somewhere to a central place to go to watch things, but to 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 maintain like a record and to continue to educate people, mm-hmm. whether whether it's somebody like you who who I mean I grew up watching it, but like you'll put me in the fucking dirt with how much you know about this shit <laughs> like every day of the week, and I think that's amazing. So so for somebody like you who can still watch a documentary like this and find new information or new ways of thinking about stuff that you've watched before. Uh, and then there's somebody like me who goes, yeah, you know, a lot of this stuff I haven't seen. Um, but then also, like you said, okay, here's stuff you can jump right into. Like to me, that's what kind of sets the service apart as instead yes. of just being a way to get money out of the pockets of horror fans, but to, 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 to continue educating people about the medium, you know, pushing the medium forward, giving people the opportunity to look backward, like all that mm-hmm. is super important. And, um, you know, you don't, you don't see that a lot. No. You know, like no, the Criterion Channel is like the, serv- the next service that kind of comes to mind. Like, like that is a, the, you know, the Criterion Channel, that is a, that is a service and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, um, a, uh, selection of films that is dedicated to the the preservation and the education of films you know right uh but you know and i'm not saying that kind of shutter is is to that level but it's that same idea of we're going to give you something we're going to teach you something and then we're going to give you that opportunity to go into these things and see um Mm -hmm. you know it was you know interesting to me because there was so many you know, and when we say this movie is expansive, it's like it starts off with the the you know kind of the what we talked about, like the Wicker Man or what you normally think, and then it's it's bringing in you know like uh, Native American influences, it's bringing Eastern European mm-hmm. you know like vampiric lore, uh, mm-hmm. like kind of all this stuff, and 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 the different ways and way, like stuff from Haiti with with voodoo and and. Um, Oh, uh, Ganja and, and Hess and, you know, that, that type of thing. It's like, it's, you know, kind of really looking at folk horror, not necessarily as that, that push and pull between the modern world and a, and a bunch of locals that might be still worshiping Satan, but, but the idea of um, bringing just horror that comes from kind of native and and I don't mean native american although that counts but native custom so, right. so something like like a rawhead rex uh yes. <laughs> would would be considered like a full horror because it's 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 kind of someone using almost like an ancient you know earthbound spirit or monster to mm-hmm. enact revenge something something like that um right. which I never had really had really thought of before um, no, me neither. That and Pumpkinhead, they also brought that one up, and that's yeah. the same kind of thing. Right, right. Like, like I think that, you know, and one of the things I thought was interesting, and and look, if Robert Eggers says the witch is 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 folk horror, then the witch is folk horror, and they talked a lot about witches being yeah. a mainstay of folk horror. But the thing I thought was interesting was that, you know, the witch is, I guess, I I never personally was like, okay, witches folk horror. Unless it's in it's it's again that kind of push and pull between, uh, you know, like like for example, House House of the Devil features mm-hmm. you know devil worshiping as a, as a as a as a major point, 
uh, you know, or um, same thing with um, oh shit, what's what's the one with the 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 musician and his his daughter is like playing the guitar. Oh, Devil's Devil's Candy. Devil's Candy, right? But like, you wouldn't consider either one of those full chords simply because, even though you do still have that idea of like these people kind of using the old ways and whatnot. But like the witch, to me, I'm like, I go, well, the witch was set in puritan times it entirely takes place but still again and i don't look at witches necessarily like there's a difference between paganism and witches who are Mm -hmm. using the 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 blood and the viscera of a dead baby to to make it so that they can fly like to me those are different but you know if robert eggers says the witch is folk horror he fucking made it (laughs) like i'm not gonna be like oh come on man you know like um you know, um, but the one movie that I'm curious about, and I, I, I'd like to hear your perspective. I, I, I've kind of been ruminating on this ever since I saw it, which is a sign of a great film. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so many movies we watch, and and two days later, I gotta go. I go, what did I watch on Wednesday? Like, I'm doing my letterbox. But what did I watch on Wednesday? Oh, yeah, right, right. I just don't even think about <laughs> this thing. I kept thinking about it, and the movie that they mentioned, and I still have a hard time personally kind of rectifying it is um texas chainsaw massacre um Mm. so i was kind of curious about how you feel about that and 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 i'll kind of explain my thought process after i hear your thoughts yeah um i certainly don't consider texas chainsaw folk horror um but I, i can see through some of the looser definitions of the terms or the ideologies in this doc, how they could almost sort of get to that mm-hmm. perspective, even though I don't necessarily agree with it. I also don't think it's a slasher though. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with both of those things. I, and what I'm wondering if, is if they were, if you look at Texas Chainsaw Massacre with a, an understanding of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Mm-hmm. Then I think it makes it. You can make a different point because in the sure. second one where it expands sure. to, oh hey, this is a whole family. This is they've right. been, kind of been doing this for years. Then you could look at it as like, okay, well, you know, if they've been kind of butchering people, it's kind of the way they've done things. But in the first one, you don't know that that's necessarily like, right. you know, right. it, it's more like, and and the kids that kind of stumble across, I don't feel like they were outsiders per se they were just unlucky right well it's it does do that small town thing though right like they're they're driving across texas to go to a you know a concert or whatever yeah but it's not it's still not like texas chancellor is a very scuzzy movie from beginning to end and and that that filter applies to everyone right it's it's not like something like um you know green inferno where you've got this really big you know, difference mm-hmm. between the people going and the and the native, so to speak, inhabitants, right? Like, you know, the right. kids in Texas Chainsaw, yeah, they're they're just going to a concert. They're just they're kind of like, you know, they're just kind of dipshit kids just driving sure. across. You know, I mean, they're not. They, they of course they're just like, eh, you know, they, they don't do like the. I, I don't know. I, I I to me, I I was I was really kind of surprised that they included it because I didn't feel like yeah. it, it kind of fit in the ways that they were describing that. And I agree with you. It's not a slasher. I, I don't really know what it is. It's kind of its own thing. Um, right. 
Yeah, I know. I I think, and you bring up part two, and I think even even if part two kind of pushes it towards folk, it also pushes it towards slasher. And then, oh yeah, uh, how yeah. over the top and just batshit crazy gory it is, you know. But it's funny. Texas Chainsaw is one of those movies that, for as long as I've been watching this stuff, it's one that just baffles me people's reactions to it yeah. or, or people's like how they categorize it or how they they think or talk about it. And I'm like. I he will read people like talking about it online or whatever. And I'm like, have you even seen it? Like, yeah. like it's not, he's not one of like, he's not up there with Jason and Freddie and all the, the, no. the slashers, you know, he's not like, no, not at all. It's not that type of movie. No. I mean, you know, it has that he has, obviously it has a character that kind of, you could say has similarities in that he's like the main, but still, even then it's like, he's not really like, it's, no. He's just a member of the family and that kind of thing. And so it's like it's it's one of those movies that, like I said, it's it's I can kind of understand why they're talking about it in in the conversation. But it's it's just kind of defies being put into any genre for me. Yeah. As far as, you know, what it is. Yeah, because, I mean, to me, like, I mean, you know, it was it was way more just kind of opportunistic, right? Like. These people mm-hmm. show up at the house, and he was like, "All right, well, you know, I guess we're doing this." You know, it's not like right. you know, it's not like something. And we like, get to eat, hooray! Exactly, <laughs> it's not like you know. I mean, in the Wicker Man, you you get the the impression that they they kind of do this somewhat on purpose, you know, right. to, to to be able to to have someone come to the island that they can then sacrifice. You know, same thing with like like Midsummer, like yeah. you know, someone is getting sacrificed in that town every year regardless it, it this mm-hmm. year it just happened to be you know this this uh adulterous dipshit right, right um right you know whereas, whereas texas chainsaw was just kind of like all right yeah these people show up i mean just like you know but but uh but then also when you consider you know being being kind of like modeled on ed gain you know and how he was you know yeah. kind of killed people and and used their their skin for for home furnishings and whatnot like um you know it, it, it to me that that kind of what informs a movie i think does to some degree in my mind like help classify it not always mm-hmm. because i mean you can take something as um inspiration but then not you know obviously i i mean I, this is a, texas chainsaw is a perfect example right like you know right. that gain wasn't like pounding somebody on the head with a with a with a <laughs> hammer as soon as they open the door and then putting people up on meat hooks right like but right. um yeah so I, you know that that was one that I was I was just very interested I was like I just kept thinking about it. I was like I got to ask Mitch about this like what do you thinks about it but but that's the type of thing you know I think the movie was also good at is is kind of starting those conversations is like getting right. you to think about stuff um, yeah, did it for for me with voodoo. I, I never never yeah. would have considered that, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Mm-hmm. Like, wow, <laughs> that's something I never considered. And now I'm like, "Shit, it makes sense what they're saying." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting how like so many of these, like you know, so many of these movies, particularly like so the movies kind of like about witches. The movies about like um, vampires to a lesser degree, but still like like you know, Dracula was kind of written to be in some ways a story about, you know, being scared of like women's, you know, sexuality. And then mm. so much of the, the movies about witches, I mean, that's, that's it, oh, right? Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's having power over women and, and, 
you know, so I as I meant I mentioned to you when we were playing uh Destiny the other night that I, I watched Witchfinder General as because that was like one of the first things they talked about. And again, like you could make the case for this particular movie that it's not it's not a horror movie in a traditional sense where you know there's no monster there's no slasher there's no supernatural aspect at all it's just vincent price is this extremely sadistic guy who travels the british countryside he gets paid uh, so it takes place in 1645 so it's time of the english civil war between you know king charles and the um and Cromwell there, and and you've got Cromwell loyalists fighting against you know, uh, you know the regiments of the king's forces, and and the Witchfinder General is paid by the crown to basically go from village to village, and find witches, and he does this by torturing men and women, and then they die, and then he gets paid for every every witch he finds, uh, he gets paid. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. when you look at it, you know in that context you're like well that's a horrifying idea so you would kind of consider it a horror movie uh and especially you know with what what kind of happens over the course of the film and what it does to the you know kind of two of the main characters involved but in terms of like i think outside of that context of this documentary if you were like said to somebody oh i got a horror movie we should watch and you showed them Witchfinder general they'd be like what do you this is not (laughs) <laughs> at all <laughs> like what are you uh what are you doing so it was, it was really interesting to kind of watch that movie which i never would have watched on shutter in a million years i'm like vincent price is wearing a page boy haircut what is going on right now like i never <laughs> in a million years would have watched that movie if it hadn't been for the documentary and then you know as i watched it like it wasn't something that i was like oh yeah this is fantastic i'm gonna go back to this year over year but when you kind of look at it as a piece of history and in the greater context of like learning about you know this genre it was great i mean it was a great way to spend you know 90 minutes or or whatever um but um yeah so um so you know like we we said it's it's three and a half hours long and it's very easily able to be split up because they touch on so many different things you know there's a right through, it, it, there's it goes a, by um it goes by chapters also sort of like justice league kind of did so yeah yeah watch part one part two whatever you know right and there's definitely a through line but it's mm-hmm. not something where uh, I mean, they could have very easily turned this into, you know, like a four-hour miniseries oh, yeah. or something if they wanted to. So it's it's definitely something that you could watch over multiple, you know, viewings if um, if it was something, you know, if you were interested in, but then didn't have, you know, three and a half hours. Mm, right. So um, okay, so then the next movie that we both saw, and then we're gonna get into things that we saw individually, and that was uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, which I don't have a lot to say about because I fucking hated it and I don't want to just shit on, <laughs> shit on I know a lot of people liked it. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned at work that I, I did not like it and there was a lot of people that, that chimed in they did and I know a lot of people uh, online and on our Discord is kind of interesting me having watched and seeing people kind of talk about it and I was like, I'm not getting involved in this conversation because I have nothing, I have nothing positive to say about this movie other than I am glad... It employed people so that they <laughs> had a job, and 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 that that's yeah. as kind of as far um, as I'm I'm kind of willing to go. But it was, uh, you know, all I'll say is that to me it was it was a perfect example of 
the current trend in movies to want to package up as safe and nostalgic a product as possible because what they think their fans want in large part because of a very vocal fan base that may or may not be large, but a very vocal fan base that is, is screaming that this is what I want is all the things I saw before with, 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 with in jokes to the things I know and cameos to the people from the people I know I want that. I want at the end of the day, I want to be able to show how big a fan I am by saying I saw that and I recognize that and I recognize that. And that that is this trend of that's they're they're going for almost like a laundry list of things to keep some imagined, you know, super fan with a YouTube channel happy um, Mm -hmm. and not. (laughs) not necessarily taking something that established a pretty big concept and then telling new stories within it. Um, And that's a big part of why I didn't like it comes from, I see it as being an example of that. And I see that as being, especially as smaller studios get bought up and larger studios, you know, largely you've got three or four large companies that own everything and they're going where the money is. Um, and the best way to, to, to do that is to just say, Hey, you like this thing when you were a kid, let's fucking redo it. We'll make it look happy and shine. And we will do updated graphics. We'll, we'll add in all the shit you know about it. So you can be like, Oh, Hey, they have, you know, Johnny fart blocker or whatever. And then, (laughs) and, and send you on your way. So, um, yeah, so I, I thought it was fine. I, you know, every <laughs> every everything you're saying is one million percent correct. Um, um, but I love Ghostbusters, and as a the, the only my main concern with it was that I fucking hate Stranger Things, and I was so like, please, why why does it have to be Stranger Things Ghostbusters? Why do the Stranger Things kids have to be the next the next like yeah. generation of Ghostbusters? Um, I didn't get that feel from it thankfully no i mean finn finn wolfhard's in it you know and he's in stranger things and i mean he's also in it uh right remember, exactly. you know um so. but at the same time it, it it also does right with like the uh, not not as much as you would think given that someone from stranger things because finn wolfhard has a pretty small role uh, yeah, surprisingly, surprisingly, you know, yeah. given <laughs> given the marketing and and everything, right. um, but but yeah, I mean, it's I don't know, it's I didn't like the kids, but I didn't hate them. Like I I don't know. Like I said, it was fine. Yeah. I, I, I'm fine. I watched it. I don't give a shit if I ever watch it again. There was nothing about it that I like flipped my shit over. I was just like, eh, it was fucking slow. Um, yeah, and then once shit did start to happen, it was the same shit. We've already seen, so yeah. Like, eh, okay, it was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it would. It what's funny is, you know. So I've talked about this before. So like, I'll watch movies. I watch movies usually first thing in the morning while I'm working. Um, and then how much work I get done depends on how good the movie is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes I get a lot of work done. Sometimes not so much. But um, and then you know, my wife and I'll have breakfast, and I was just going off on it. And she was just laughing because she's like, <laughs> you're so mad at this. 
And then I'm like, of course I'm going to finish it. And she's just like, like dying because she's like, why <laughs> would you, you knew you, you went into it thinking you were going to like it. Now you find out that you don't like it. And you're like, well, of course I'm going to finish it. And I'm like, I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We all have our things. Um, Okay, so you you saw the new Scream, uh, which I, yeah. I would have loved to have gone and seen, uh, but but uh, just didn't work out. So I'm I'm curious to hear the last Scream movie. I I I watched Scream Four. Mm. I I'm sure I've seen the ones in between. I just don't know if I remember them. Um, yeah. But when I rewatched Scream Four, I remember uh, being pleasantly surprised at how good it was. Because it had been a while since I had seen it, and there was just a lot I didn't remember about it. Um, yeah, I did the same thing a few years ago. I went back and, and rewatched all of them, and I still couldn't tell you what the fuck happens in three. I, I don't remember. Like, it's such a forgettable movie to me. Yeah. And I'm not, like, the biggest fan of the franchise in the world anyway. Like, you know, I kind of, when I saw the first one, it was it was the hype was, like, so big oh, like, there's yeah. no way this is going to be as good <laughs> for me as everybody's like who's freaking out over it was and it wasn't i was like it's good but you know and i give it complete and total props when it comes to like like injecting that, that yeah new life into the slasher genre which it absolutely did um and i appreciate it for that but i'm just eh, i mean they're fine they're, they're, you know it's it's like um it's one of those things where it's like I'm always going to watch a new one because I like I like them, but if they didn't make another scream, I'd also be okay with that. So. Yeah. Before, like, like you said, like it really you forget how good that movie is, and you and that was I also forgotten that that was Wes Craven's last movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And man, yeah, to go out. I mean, I rest in peace. But man, he uh, he gave us one, you know, for the ages there <laughs> mm-hmm. on the way out because. Uh, it it made me care about Scream again, at least if nothing else. And uh, but I had, I had completely forgotten it too, and and I watched it um, a few years ago. I did not rewatch it going into the new one. I had planned to, but I just, I just didn't get it. So I still have shit in boxes here. Um, and and one of the things that's still in boxes are some of the DVDs, and I think I only have that one DVD, which I need to fix. Uh, and so I couldn't find it to watch it. Mm-hmm. For before the new one, uh, but yeah, and it's funny, <laughs> you kind of go into Scream following Ghostbusters, uh, and talked about nostalgia porn. Uh, yeah, this new one is it's it's it certainly doesn't do anything to reinvent the wheel when it comes to a Scream movie, it has no new ideas whatsoever outside of the fact that you know they're all kind of meta, um, you know, in that. They talk about Freddy and, and Michael and, and horror movies in general and stuff mm-hmm. like that. This one uh, also is meta, uh, even more so. Um, it's meta in that the scream, the stab series is yeah. basically what Scream is, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it goes into there's, it, there's a lot of that in it. Um, and so is it a direct continuation of Scream Four? Or I mean, maybe not like in terms of like you know, picking up weeks later, but I mean, it's, it's well, it's, it's in the scream universe. It's not like, yeah, everything, everything has happened. Okay. And, and the stab movies were movies based on what we know as the scream movies. Right. So, so it's meta in that, you know, it's, it's double meta in that way. And then it's also, um, 
it also like is really it 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 almost talks wants to it acts like it wants to have a lot to say about this the the nostalgia porn and and the bringing old characters back in and stuff like that mm-hmm. and because it does it too obviously with with Dewey and and Gale and Sid coming back for this um it 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 almost there's a few times where it like almost looks at you and winks like it knows and it's going to make fun of that kind of thing yeah but then it does nothing different with it's just like it's just a paint by numbers scream movie that just so happens to bring back old characters and i was really shocked that uh-huh. there's no that like even like the reveal was kind of whatever it was just kind of like oh okay right um you know it, it uh for who goes face was um there, there's no like it did nothing different it was just kind of a paint by numbers, another screen movie. And and I guess that's my fault for thinking it wasn't going to be that. Well, but that's the thing though, because that, that was not what kind of four was supposed to be like four was, you know, so, so for them mm. to do that, then I don't know. It's, it's kind of disappointing. It was, I was really like kind of let down by it. I mean, it's fine. Like I said, as a screen movie, that's what it is. And, and it's, you know, I don't feel like it was necessarily marketed as being more than that. And, you know, I, I think the, the radio silence dudes, I, I don't know if I just expected them to kind of, cause I, I love their stuff and I kind of expected them to do, um, you know, maybe something different or to have a different take or just to do something interesting. And it's just, it's just a screen movie. It's, you know, it's had a couple of cool kills. Um, but, uh, was there like a famous person that they got rid of like right at the beginning or like they did with Drew Barrymore in the first one? No. And even, even, uh, and and they show this in the apparently in the trailers. I don't know. I was looking at reviews afterwards because I was like, "Is there?" Because people seem to like be loving this, and I'm like, "Did I not get something?" Or was there like some kind of a, a tie to another screen that I've forgotten? So I went back mm-hmm. and was watching some you know some reviews and stuff, and um, apparently they show it starts off as all screen does with somebody at home by themselves getting a phone call, yeah, uh, and then getting attacked. Uh, in this one, and, and it's the only one where uh, uh, the character doesn't die. And I'm spoiler alert, sorry, but I mean, apparently they show in the trailer they show the character at some point in the film after you know she's had the call because she's all fucked up, like okay. she got obviously got attacked, but she's still alive. So she, the person who gets the phone call, does not die in the at the beginning. Um, so, but no, there's no like, there's no celebrity kind of cameo just yeah. for, for Ghostface to, to take out. I mean, it's, and the characters, I wasn't a big fan of any of them. They're kind of generic is just the word that I kept going back to. Like, yeah. it's just so gen, even, even with, like I said, um, uh, David Arquette, Courtney Cox and, and, um, um, shit. Oh, um, <laughs> what's, what's Sydney's name? Jesus. Uh, Nev Campbell. I, Nev, God, my brain went completely blank. Even, even like they come into it later on. So like for almost an hour, I was just like, this Where is, is like everyone? Watching, <laughs> like what is happening? I was yeah. like, this is like, oh, there's some pacing issues. Like it, it, it's, it, I thought it was just disappointing and, and sort of generic. Um, you know, like I said, some of the kills are really cool. There's a, there's a really good, uh, knife gag that, uh, apparently, um, 
in an interview, some of the people who did who worked on the effects were like, people are going to think it's CG and it wasn't. And then once I realized what that was, I was like, holy shit, I don't know how they did that. But it was fucking great. Um, but like like outside of a, a kill or two, I was just like, eh, okay. Right. And, and, and I don't even see if they're going to turn this into like a – because uh, I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, there's one character who – because they're all like sort of legacy characters, even the, even when they introduce a new character, like, you know, typically the, the killer has been in some way a legacy character, even though they've never been introduced, like with mm-hmm. with Billy Loomis's mom being the killer in part two and, and shit like that. Um, there is one thing, a little thing of that in here. Mm-hmm. But even it was just like it was just uninteresting. Like, I just I was like, oh, all right, I, I guess. Um so I don't even like even if they continued this with the, with the characters they introduced. Like I I don't care. I'm yeah. just like, eh, all right, I guess I'll watch it. But you know, it's I don't know. Some of these things I think that if you're going to do something different or have something interesting or a new take on it, like like you know, not necessarily new, obviously with Halloween, but at least it, it was interesting and right. I li- liked where they took characters and things like that. But if you're just going to do the same fucking thing with with new people that we don't even know who the fuck these people are yeah why bother it's like why bother and that yeah. was kind of the way it was for me i was like nah okay it yeah. was all right yeah. <laughs> huh okay well i don't feel so bad about missing it i mean i'll watch it when it you know comes to some sort of like, yeah don't don't risk the theater for it it's not worth it <laughs> yeah in my yeah. opinion yeah okay um okay well so for me the the and this was the the only Marvel movie I did not see uh, in the theaters, um, and that was um, Eternals. Uh, and I finally, finally watched it. And um, man, what a weird movie! <laughs> um, it is so kind of uh, like I can see, I can see why the um, kind of audience response is low, because you know, first of all. You know the Kirby stuff, whether it's New Gods or, or uh, um, you know, uh, Eternals. I mean, it's fucking out there. It's like whack ass oh, shit, sure. right? Like, and this right. idea they're like, oh hey, you know, like all the myths and stuff, you know, yeah, well, that's all based on this weird ass group of, you know, proto heroes that that you know <laughs> have been alive for millennia and just kind of seeded the planet with their. I you know themselves or whatever and that's what myths come from. That's that's a pretty heady concept, right? Like I mean, right. <laughs> you know, so if you're going in going, well, wait a minute, why is why is Thor and Rocket why aren't they bickering? You know what I mean? Like if that's kind of like your like, right. like what you're really right. used to with Marvel, and then like you you know, especially with like kind of the Marvel like the 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 drought of like you know in terms of like the production delays because of COVID and everything. And it's like, okay, you go to see, you know, Black Widow, and you're like, all right, this is a pretty kind of standard, you know, kind of Marvel movie. And then uh, then you go to see Eternals, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Who is, he's got finger guns. He's Superman. What is happening? Like, well, I don't even, and so, but, you know, at the same time, I go, I, I mean, as much as I love, you know, Marvel movies, like, I love Marvel movies in the same way that I love, like, a cheeseburger, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I love cheeseburgers. If you go, if you tell me this cheeseburger, it's a pretty basic cheeseburger, but it's really good, 
I'll eat it and be happy, but I'm not going to be like, this is a life-changing meal. It's what you've had a lot of, you can get a lot of the plate. Like that's kind of, to me, like where the Marvel movies are starting to go is like, yeah, they're, they're, they're entertaining, you know, and, and everything. And the, they, you know, they, but they still kind of follow a pattern and whatnot. But if you're like, hey, this is a cheeseburger and, and it's like it's it's like completely kind of off the wall, even if I try it and go, well, it it doesn't all connect. But God, man, I'm I'm kind of glad somebody decided to do something new with it. Like, that's kind of how I look at this movie is that it's, mm-hmm. you know, they try to inject some of the typical Marvel jokes and half of them are just like, you know, uh you know what happens to a toad that's struck by lightning like that? <laughs> like you just hear the clang and the, the uncomfortable silence afterwards. And like, if you're watching someone, you're kind of looking like, are we supposed to be laughing? Like that level. Right. But so it's like, you wish that they had pulled, they pulled the reins back a lot on kind of marvelifying it, even though it's still like, you know, there's a, still this big kind of world ending threat and whatnot. But I mean, it's like there's family drama, there's shit going back through time, there's a kind of a love story, there's you know, unre- unrequited love, there's spurned lovers, there's also all the parts like, oh yeah, she's supposed to be Athena, he's Gilgamesh, you know, he's fucking Superman, you know, like all that shit. There's there's this concept of, you know, hey, these people have been watching over humanity for thousands of years, but when humanity faced its greatest threat in Thanos, they were just like, nah, bro, you got this. You got to handle this shit on your own. And then when you kind of find out why that was, this is not some, you know, prime directive hippie Star Trek shit where they're just like, well, we can't get involved. They've got to learn their own way. That is not like it is. It is 100 percent selfishness why they were unwilling to get involved in you know humanity's mm-hmm. struggles but then also some of them coming to realize that this is actually like kind of shitty uh now there's some huge story issues right like you know kind of their reason for getting involved with humanity is or like humanity's great and i'm like you've been doing this for how many millions of years you ever came across <laughs> another planet that was great every other planet you're like you know what fuck these guys like <laughs> but i mean they also kind of like have that kind of in there uh as well but it's like and then on top of it like chloe zhao she makes absolutely beautiful films and so on the one hand it was like super uh disappointing to see i mean she and her cinematographer i mean the way she uses light and color is is I mean amazing. Just one of the most talented filmmakers out there. So to have that, and then oh, he's shooting eye beams at a CGI monster. It's like so disappointing that to have. Mm. But then at the same time, the the scenes of just I'm not going to say human connection because they're not they're Eternals. But those scenes of of connection and and quieter moments that are just so beautifully shot with the light just absolutely bathing and just like warming these characters and in ways in which when you go back and you watch and it's just 
green screenorama, it's it is gonna spoil you for for visuals and not because of the effects, but because of what's not effects. What she's able to mm-hmm. attain without CGI, it's just it's jaw dropping. And then you're gonna go back and watch the next thing and just miss it. And you just I wish I wish the rest of the movie was as good as she is a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Because then it would have been like just that's it. Like that's it. But at the same time, like I give Marvel credit because they they obviously wanted her for a reason. They went, this is not, this is a, this is a, a movie whose story requires a, a, a greater scope. So we need someone with an eye towards these, this ex, has, with an expansive eye towards, mm-hmm. towards, towards landscape and color and framing, because that's what this story needs. Now, whether or not the story hits it, and I and I and in many ways it doesn't, but in many ways it's just a kind of refreshing difference. Um, mm. I think you could absolutely make that case, but I I do give them credit for recognizing that that the these are gods. These are these are gods. They're not and not like in the way that Thor is a god, but like 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 humanity's myths come from these people. We can't just have. It's got to be someone with an eye towards, you know, that that sweeping, um, you know, that that sweeping sense of scale, uh, and so good mm-hmm. for them for 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 getting her, and good for her for doing it because, I mean, she really does show what's possible to make those quieter moments just look so. I mean, there were times when I was like. It, I mean, it just was beautiful, like just absolutely fucking beautiful. And if you like her previous movie, Nomadland, is is just incredible. It's just a absolutely. I mean, there's a reason it won the awards that it did. And Frances McDormand won the awards that she did. It's a it's a be- absolutely just breathtaking film in terms of like the, the way that it shot and everything. And this has those moments. You just wish the the Marvel stuff. And not necessarily the Marvel stuff, but the comic book stuff kind of connected um, in the same way. Um, mm-hmm. And but also, it's like you. It will be very. And this is where it gets difficult because no, like I watched Shang Chi, which I think was before it. Mm-hmm. And then I did not go see Eternals in the theater because it is a long movie. And that was things started kind of ramping up again, and I was like, "Ah, oh, man, that's a long time." But then I did see Spider-Man, and it's it's just it's so. And and this is and this is not a criticism of the movies because comics do this too. You can have this incredibly earth-shattering thing in Fantastic Four where Doom takes Topeka, Kansas, and flings it into the sun, and then you know <laughs> next month's issue of Spider-Man ain't nobody give a fuck about to- Topeka. Like, Right, you know, so right. I mean, it happens in the <laughs> comics too. Uh, I'm I'm kind of less used to it in the Marvel universe because they make such a big point of tying everything together. In many cases, to the detriment of the movies they're making, because everything has to be connected. But the pretty big thing happens at the end of this movie that never gets mentioned in the next Spider-Man, and I get it. But also at the same time, like if you 
if you if you follow if you buy into what this movie was saying and and the importance of 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 them and the celestials and all that stuff and then what happens to this movie happens it would not be something that just never gets mentioned at all in the next in in no way home <laughs> especially if doctor strange is in no way home um right you know, so it it in that ways it very much feels almost like a one off, and and I hope it's not, because mm-hmm. um, there's some pretty heady ideas in this movie that I think um, are worth examining. But they seem to be, you know, right now they seem to be just so tied into kind of how things are going to go into you know multiverse of madness and whatnot and how it ties into no way home right. and it tied into what if and it ties into wandavision that this giant uh millennium sweeping epic about gods just there's no place for them <laughs> where you're like well, what the fuck <laughs> yeah this yeah. should be the I thing mean, this should be the thing that like <laughs> i mean when and i don't want to spoil but like when it gets to the end and you're like okay that should be on the news somewhere like <laughs> but um well that's kind of the thing that you run into even in comics right when you you, if you try to tie everything together it's like it's like uh you know that's great and thank god we have the eternals here but what the fuck is spider-man gonna do against the celestial or whatever it's like i think it's right and i understand (laughs) that but it's it's like just no acknowledgement yeah, yeah, no, I see. I get what you're saying, but I mean, it's the same thing, right? It's like when you, you run into in Superman writers run into it all the time. It's like when yeah. you got Superman, like what the fuck? First of all, like what do you throw up against him that's going to be actually a threat? And then it's yeah. like if it's a threat to Superman, fuck everybody else. Right? Exactly. Yeah, it's a threat to the whole <laughs> the whole world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but I mean, it's like it's I I I really like I'm excited to watch it again. Because there's just a lot there, and and sometimes I feel like, yeah, it's almost That's like kind it's, of my take, like just from what I've seen from it, I'm like, this seems like a lot for one movie, and it is, two, and it's two almost two and a half hours. It's almost too big of a movie for what the MCU currently is, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's also too small a movie for what the MCU currently is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they mentioned in passing, you know, they, they, they explain, you know, I mean, basically for like Thanos, they're just like, yeah, we're, we were told not to get involved and that's it. That's the right. extent of it. Right. right? Um, which, which <laughs> yeah. makes sense though, because you know, you can't, I mean, every superhero, you could make the case. Well, why didn't you stop Hitler? Why didn't you stop? I mean, mm-hmm. there's fucking genocide, unfortunately, happening every single day. You could you could pose that as those same arguments to however many superpowers in the globe right now where they're like, why aren't you stopping what's happening in Rwanda? Why aren't you stopping what's happening in China? Why aren't you stopping what's happening in your own fucking country? Right? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like, right. you, you certainly don't want to get into that, but at the same time, uh, and, you know, and they, they kind of mention like, who do you think is going to lead the Avengers? And that that is the thing I think that these movies are mostly benefiting from, is the mm-hmm. fact that after Endgame, they have made a conscious choice to not address who is the who right now, who are the Avengers right now, who who right. is there a group at that level, kind of tasked with saving the world. And and they've purposefully not addressed it, which makes sense because you can't you're not gonna be 
go from Endgame to then be like, hey, here's the new team, right? You know, it's not right. like at the end of um, it's not like at the end of um, um, Age of Ultron where they're like Avengers Assemble, right? Where like you know Steve is just kind of doing his part to carry on. Like, I mean, they basically kind of broke the Avengers. And now mm-hmm. I think the world is trying to figure that out. So it's like it kind of makes sense. And I wouldn't expect them to kind of fill that void. But at the same time, it's like it's like it's weird how how something like this. I said to my wife, I was like, you know, the Kirby stuff is always was like way kind of out there. And they as much as they I feel like they always they did a better job with the new gods of kind of folding them, especially with like Apocalypse, right? Like folding them in. Mm-hmm to the DC canon than they than like the the Eternals but um yeah I mean I still enjoyed it a great like I most of the time I'm sitting there going like what like (laughs) (laughs) so I really do kind of want to watch it again I mean when I watched Venom 2 I spent the most time going what and then when I was done I was like I don't ever want to watch that movie again um yeah, but but <laughs> you know i was like oh like it's 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 a it's a we it's so weird it's just so weird it's like it's the best way that, that i can put it is is that it's just it's such a weird movie for marvel to have made but you know good good for them for having done it and you know i hope that i hope that they recognize i hope they knew going into it that that they were like, this is some really weird shit, and if we're going to be true to it, it's going to be a really weird movie, and not everybody's going to like it. Mm-hmm. And they went, and that's fine because because the Kirby stuff is an is an extremely important part in the Marvel history. It's an extremely important part in the DC history, and if we're going to be doing these things and telling these stories, we have to include it. And it's not going to hit, and it's going to hit with way fewer people than the other stuff does, and we're cool with that. Um, right. So, but I, I yeah, I'm interested to hear your take on it um, because uh, I mean, yeah, and, and then when they did try to do like some of the Marvel stuff with the humor, I was just like, no, no, like it doesn't all have to be like somber. Like I mean, there were some moments of levity and lightness in it too, right? But it doesn't all it doesn't have to be jokes, right? Not all the time, right? Right. Um, so, um, okay. So real quick games. So I'm in, I don't know if I'm in the middle of Halo Infinite. I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know where I am. I just, I just left the conservatory. I don't know where that is. I've been bouncing around the map trying to get logs and shit. And then the game doesn't want to show that I have the logs and whatnot. So, um, Mm. And and right now my take on it is grapple shot is great. I, I did most of the conservatory. I think maybe I used like six bullets. Uh, yeah. I did have a gravity <laughs> hammer though, and that helped. But mostly, it's just like grab a shot, stun, kill, grenade, you know, whatever. But then, you know, like when you go on the the open world stuff, where you've got these really sweeping these sweeping vistas and the different terrain, and you're like, oh, you know, still the same enemies you're running across. But then you go into like inside, and you're like shiny floor, shiny floor, bunch of boxes. Yep. You know, like <laughs> yep. <laughs> grab grab a thing, open a door, shiny floor, a bunch of boxes. It's like this room looks like that room. Um, yep. But um, but you finished it, so I'm curious because we both were not a fan of five, uh, and I did notice right. at one point they're like, "Are they guardians?" And I'm like, "Ugh, don't even mention." <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> fucking Jesus. guardians. <laughs> so 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 how did you? Because you played it over your 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 uh, your break at Christmas. So how did you when you were done with it? Like how did you how did you feel about it? Yeah, I mean same as you. I, I love the game. Like I said, I put it on my game of the year list. Um, um, 
But, you know, it's exactly what you said. That's what it is, right? When, when you're out in the world exploring and you have this, this huge, open, expansive world and it's super cool and all these different locations. And, I mean, it, for the most part, it all looks kind of similar. It's all yeah. like this kind of wooded area and stuff like that. But, but you know, it, from, a, from a narrative perspective, it unfortunately does what Halo always does for me. It's like, I don't know why I'm here and I don't know why I'm shooting these things, you yeah. know, and I don't know why, you know, the weapon, which is the worst fucking name for uh, an AI. 2.0. Yeah. All right. The dumbest fucking name. I, yeah. I can't believe they, had come, they didn't come up with anything else, but yeah. you know, it's like, it's like, I get the story they're telling as far as like the overall idea of going from four to five where, they thought Cortana was rogue and, and chief was on her side. So they spent, they sent Spartan lock out to get chief, um, that whole thing. But then the execution of that in the game was like severely lacking in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. Um, and then, so, so going into this one, uh, I was like, uh, I don't know why master Chief's floating in space. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I understand that we're on a new halo here. Like, and for some reason, there's this brute who looks like he's been through hell, yeah, uh, trying to like take command of it or something, yeah. Uh, and we're stopping him. And so, like, I got that. Yeah. But as far as why I have to go to this place now, I have no fucking clue. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, every and from the outside, everything looks different. But once you get inside, it's like, oh, look. And thank God. To their credit, at least they didn't force you to backtrack a lot in this one. Because yes. I would have gotten fucking lost yeah. in some of these buildings because they all look the same. Yeah. Like, like thankfully, even if there's a branching path, it all ends like, up the least, same place. Right. At least once you get to what you're you're going to, there's a very obvious like way back to where you were, or it sends you back for you. Like it doesn't make you actually like backtrack. You know, and and most of the most of the areas. Like, you know, right. Like you said, like they all kind of converge on what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, I appreciated that because holy shit, is it all similar? It's yeah. Just- it's funny. At, at one point when I was in the conservatory, I picked up uh, a, um, an explosive canister because I thought I had to use it. And I'm just like running through these hallways here. You know, he has his like left arm out like with his hands. Like he's right. I'm, like, you can put your hand down, dude. And then I was like running and running. And, running, and I kept running past like all these boxes of explosive canisters and everything. I was like, fuck, am I going to have to, like, fight my way out of this place? I'm going to get so lost because it all mm. looks as – it turns out all that stuff I ran past, I didn't use any of it. You you get a fight and then you leave it through a different door. But I was like yeah. – I was saying the same as you. I was like, I'm not going to know where the fuck I'm going. I have gonna have yeah. no idea. Yeah, there's, like – there's so many. Like, you go into so many structures that are obviously, you know, several stories high. It's literally like going up a winding staircase. It's like – you go into this one big room, you kill a bunch of grunts and brutes and stuff. Then you go up a ramp, you hang a right, go up a ramp, hang another right. You're in another room full of grunts and brutes. Then right. you go up a ramp, you hang a right. Then you get to the roof. There might be a boss fight. There may not be. You press a button, and then you basically just jump off the fucking thing and right. go to the next big thing. And so I, I had so much more fun when I was just going around the map. And and doing the collectibles and, and freeing the Marines and, and doing the bases and all that yeah. stuff. Loved all that. But once I got done, there's not enough of that. There wasn't enough of that for me. Like, and it's not the game's fault. There's plenty of it. I was just I was like 
I had nothing else to do all day because I wasn't working. So I was like, I was doing so much of that and I finished it. And I was like, oh shit, now I just have the campaign through the missions yeah. or whatever. And so that was kind of, I wish I had had the foresight to mix, do more variety instead of like the way I did it, where it was just like checking the boxes off of the, the map. The, See, and the, I do the same section. thing. I do the same thing. You know, yeah. So when I was left with just the story missions to do, I ended up not having as much fun with it as I had been having. Yeah. Um, but that's it. You know, it was, it was a great game. I really liked it. Um, you know, the ball, the, the last boss fight, man, if you can do that shit on normal with anything other than the grapple thing, you're better fucking gamer than I am. Cause I was yeah. running for my fucking life. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, for, uh, the, you know, there's two, two changes to me that really made Halo more enjoyable. One is the grapple shot because just, you know, when your shields get depleted, just to be able to, to beat feet somewhere um, and take cover for a second, but then also mm-hmm. no longer having to swap out a weapon, um, you know, make that choice of, well, this one has 40 rounds and this one has 60, mm-hmm. you know, just being able like, like every other first person shooter, I just, I run over a gun and I get the, you know, I get the, the ammo for it. Like, you know, I think there, mm-hmm. there comes a time, like, it's cool to do your own thing and everything, but you also have to go, well, why? Like, I mean, I understand this is more realistic, but he's a seven foot tall, genetically engineered human being in space armor with a, with a ghost <laughs> right. role, a spectral AI that talks to him. Uh, I think we can probably not worry so much about realism and let's just do something that makes it like better for the player. Um, mm-hmm. So that's such a huge uh, a huge, you know, um, change and, and upgrade or whatever right. you want to call it. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I just, I kind of, my concern right now is that, yeah, the same thing is like, I, they just had a big, you know, moment with the Harbinger and it's like, oh, we have to release the Endless or whatever the fuck they're called. And I'm like, ugh, like, mm-hmm. is it just another, is it another, how many galaxy ending threats are there? out there but it's like whatever it's a big galaxy i guess so i'm my concern right now is like am i gonna understand this when it's over probably not that's fine i'll just read some page i have no idea yeah i I need to i would have to watch like a youtube video just like about the history of halo and the story and the lore and all that shit and like i do way more than enough of that with destiny i don't have the but that's the thing i mean this one really does kind of ditch all that because i mean the banished are completely new you know, they're right. not, it's That's not really, like, like you don't really have to understand, you know, who the Arbiter was and, and the Covenant and all that. It's like the Banished are basically a faction of, you know, the Covenant that are just kind of, they're right now, all I know is they're on, you know, Halo Ring Zeta because they're looking for mm-hmm. something. And, right. and, and well, the, you the know, main guy is, is leading them. Right. Yeah, I know. But there's other kind of characters that, and I don't, you know, not to, I don't know. I don't remember where you are versus like where things happen. But there were like some kind of return characters, and I was like, they're important for something. But if I if I remember why, like that kind of thing. I yeah, like, oh. I mean, I just I, so I I just left the the um, the conservatory where where the one. Um, whatever dominant pyre because i always have stupid names uh the, mm-hmm. the floaty thing um you know um got we find out she had been kind of ripped apart by 
um, by the um, the Harbinger, and we saw that that Cortana um, was was had been there too. Um, so okay. so that that's just kind of and like the 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 um, the fucking parademon, the parademons just sh- show up in the conservatory for the first time. Um, gotcha. So you know, so all, all we know is that you know there's the Harbinger wants to release something called the Endless. And Cortana's like, nah, son, you can't do that. And then, you know, she kind of saw, you know, um, Master Chief show up and was like, you know, John, why are you doing this? Why don't you understand? And that, 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 then you get your shit pushed in, and then that's pretty much it. Um, gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's one of those things where here's where I am with it right now is I think that if, if like, if something else, kind of like caught my eye and I decided, oh, I'm going to take a break from this. I don't really feel like I would be that upset. I'd I'd probably be able to pick it back up fairly quickly, mostly Mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of into it way more for just like, you know, tooling around the map and finding shit than I am like, you know, super excited about, about just, you know, Halo. Um, So, um, yeah. So um, okay, so so one thing um, real quick, I, I did uh, one of the reasons I I wanted um, I got uh, uh, eShop gift card for Christmas was uh, for Dusk, uh, which is a um, uh, it's this retro kind of '90s shooter uh, that came out on the PC, um, and it's there's three different episodes. Each episode has like ten different levels and. You know, it's kind of uh, it's it's very good, but it's it's low poly count. But there's tons of secrets. The weapons are really satisfying. Um, highly recommended on the Switch. I think it's like twenty bucks, um, and it plays like it's so smooth. I mean, it's so smooth. Um, in part mm-hmm. because the visuals aren't really taxing it. But um, so I've been playing that on the Switch while watching TV. But the other game I've been playing is a game called Bio Mutant. So Bio Mutant came out last year, and it's this open world game where you basically play like this kind of rat-looking creature where something happened to the world and humans got wiped out and you know mammals and stuff kind of evolved into sentient creatures. And you're basically like, there's these four monsters that are gnawing on the roots of the tree of life and you have to defeat them but you also have to like there's these rival tribes you pick a tribe that you align with based on whether your full or your aura is full light or partial light or whatever or full dark whatever and they, and then there's all these other little side quests and the problem is it's a very twee game so it's like you know, you find the strong box and you're like, what the fuck's a strong box? It's like, oh, it's a dishwasher. <laughs> you know, or find the flush stool. It's a toilet. You know, so there's all these like side quests right. of like finding these things from the modern world. But then there's all this other stuff. And when the game first came out, it had three problems. The first problem was that there was no like really good way to like deal with like to get scrap to upgrade things. The second thing was that the narrator would not shut the fuck up. Like, he would not shut the fuck up. Every 10 seconds, he's like, it's a beautiful day out, or it's nighttime, or, you know, that's the twiddle-twangle from the old world. And you're just like, dude, I need you to... Like, to the point where, like, I had to shut... I had to turn the volume all the way down. But you'd still see the subtitles pop up. And then the third thing was, like, these animals speak in gibberish. And so Mm. there was a lot of gibberish going on. And it was just like it was also kind of kludgy in these other ways, and I was like, I'm not playing this. So I I had played it for six or seven hours, and finally was like, fuck this game. And so I sent it back, but then over 
the the year I was reading because Eurogamer they liked it. They were like, there's a lot of problems with this game, but the core is pretty solid. And they were, you know, and, and a lot of I give them a lot of credit. They continued to cover it um, as it got updates, and it's like they got updates where hey, you can just scrap something immediately when you pick it up to make upgrades easier. You can set a slider for how much the narrator talks or how much the gibberish talks is, and then all these other things. So it got to the point where I was like willing to give it another try. So at Christmas, I saw it was on sale at Target, uh, and I texted my sister and was like, hey, you know, because she had asked me for a Christmas list, and I was like, this game's on sale at Target, you can get it here, like, that would be great. So she got it for me, and I've been playing it, and yeah, I mean, it's so much better than it was <laughs> uh, when I first started playing it, and, uh, you know, the combat system's pretty interesting, you can, you know, they've got melee weapons, they got ranged weapons, you don't have, it's not, you can specialize, it's like you don't have to put specialization points in a particular weapon style, so you can switch between them as you want. It really comes down to, hey, what kind of weapon do you want to craft? How many resources do you have? Um, you know, do you want to use all your really good handles and add-ons and things for a two-handed weapon or for, a, you know, whatever? Same thing with the range stuff, so if you want to make, like, a shotgun or you want to make an automatic rifle or whatever... Um, and yeah, there's tons of little side quests that are kind of stupid, and the, the, the language they use to describe things is, is kind of annoying. But the combat's very solid, and how you can choose to spend points on things, and how certain powers are only unlocked with light aura, certain with dark. So, you know, I mean, you can kind of mix and match, like, you get these these bio points. Do you want to use your bio points to increase your resistances? So that if you get to like a radiation zone, you can go through without having to find the suit first and get all the loot? Or do you want to put all your bio points into getting new mutations for powers? So like that kind of balance between things and then uh, is pretty interesting. And I mean, it plays well. I mean, it, it's uh, it's way better. It's way better now than it was when it first came out to the point now where like mm -hmm. I, I would recommend it like if 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 you play open world games, but you're kind of tired of open world games, I think it's definitely worth giving a shot. And it's super cheap now. Uh, if you don't want to buy it new, if you want to buy it used, I think you can get it for Gamefly for like 15 bucks, but you could probably find a new copy for around 30. Um, and there's a lot there, but again, it's how much of it do you want to do? Just like you get to certain areas, and it'll show you there's X amount of pieces of superb loot or gadgets or whatever. If you don't want to do it, fuck it, don't do it. Um, but you know, I think it's there's some it, there's some parts that are kind of kludgy, but I think it's it's a way better game than it was. And I give the development studio, um, which I forget the name of it, um, it's like one 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 or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. let me see what it is. Um, it is, uh, well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, hold on one second. It is Experiment 101. Um, so mm. they're based in Stockholm and they are acquired by Nordic, uh, THQ. So after THQ kind of bit the dust and then they got bought out. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, they were co-founded in 2015 by Goodbye Kansas Game Invest, now Amplifier Game Invest, and Swedish game development veteran Stefan Lundqvist, uh, who had uh, worked at Avalanche, who was on Mad Max and oh. Just Cause. So Mad Max was, Mad Max was nice. a very solid B-level open-world game. Fantastic combat. I really liked that game. Fantastic yeah. combat. Great driving sequences, but did get kind of samey. And then, you know, uh, Just Cause, you know, same kind of thing. Um, mm. So, I mean, there's some good good folks behind this game, and I give them a lot of credit for sticking with it and continuing to improve it because they really did make it into something that I think is, is, is worth playing. Um, so, nice. you know, like I said, if you're kind of into, you know, you're, you're open to kind of a uh, a newer open world experience or just a different one if you can get past some of the vocabulary <laughs> and whatnot <laughs> it's definitely worth it um you know so you know for me it's like right now it's like halo you know because obviously we get together still to play destiny and uh, do that kind of stuff and then i play this and you know kind of waiting for end of february when witch queen drops and horizon yeah. Forbidden West comes, um, and then uh, you know I, I can't wait for for five hours after Witch Queen drops for all the the community to burn through all the new content and then be like, oh, I can't believe they don't have any more stuff to do. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking yeah. mainline it for twenty four hours straight, and they're like, I can't believe there isn't more to do. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm at max level. I have 79 glaives. What am I supposed to do? All right, relax. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Time to take the Twitter. You know what to do. <laughs> Make a YouTube video. 11 minutes. Got to get that monetization down. That's right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, this has been episode 139. You know, in terms of like stuff that's coming up next, I mean, I have a lot of stuff. I don't have a lot of TV shows to watch. My TV, I'm so Oh, behind. speaking of, yeah, Yellow Jackets. I got to see Yellow Jackets. Yeah, I, I was like, waiting. I've, I've just gotten to a point now, my attention span is so bad. I, I used to be able to bounce between multiple shows, and I, I can't do it anymore, mm-hmm. especially week-to-week mm-hmm. stuff. Like, some stuff I can, but... I, I'm just like, when I hear that something is like kind of hit the zeitgeist, I go, how many episodes? Six weeks? I can wait. And then I can just like yeah. watch them all together. And that's kind of where I am with Yellow Jacket. So that just finished. So I'm looking forward to watching that. Uh, the Expanse. Well, I would have done it before, but literally today I found out that Eduardo Sanchez was the director. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, I had no idea. I would have yeah. already seen it. Like, I'd have been, I'd have been watching it every week if I had realized that. But I found out today, like right before we started the show. Yeah. I had um, no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and um, what was I going to say? Yeah, oh, yeah, that reminds me. I am super surprised Blair Witch did not come up in that folk horror documentary because I think that is a yeah. perfect example because yeah. they talked about other found footage. Um, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that wasn't there. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Yellow Jackets, I want to watch. The Expanse, the final season just finished, so I need to watch that season. Um, I want to watch the first season of Wheel of Time, um, and uh, I want to watch the second season of Witcher. Like, there's so much, and but I can't, I'm so, like, right now, all I can, this is what I'm doing right now. I bounce between Queer Eye and Cheer, because I'm like, I think that's probably all I can handle at the moment. <laughs> it's like, 
five gay guys making somebody's life better and a bunch of very competitive cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> like that's it I'm like that updo is amazing can't believe she didn't make Matt like that's it <laughs> anything, <laughs> anything beyond that where I have to like you know so but but yeah Yellow Jackets I was like excited to hear that it just ended uh, because um, I'm looking forward to watching that but then in terms of like movies I just I don't even know what's coming out uh, if it, January February it's kind of a rough you know, a couple months. Um, but, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll figure something out. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so whatever it is we decide to do, hopefully you'll be here with us. Um, so this has been episode 139 of Divided by Werewolves. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And we look forward to spending some more time with you in the next couple weeks. So for myself and Mitch, thank you again. Good night and have a good evening. Good evening.